welcome to the Smoking PTSD Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Diver. I am a survivor of suicide, a survivor of childhood emotional and physical abuse, as well as a veteran of the U.S. Navy and a retired first responder. I started this podcast to help me on my journey to wellness by sharing my story, my thoughts, and my experiences in a hope that my story will reach and help others and let them know that it's okay to not be okay. With that being said, I'm not a licensed mental or behavioral health professional. I'm just a guy who's been through some stuff and has experienced a trauma survival. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, medical treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding any mental health symptoms, and never disregard professional help or delay in seeking professional advice or treatment because of something you have heard on this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode as your comments can only serve to improve the content. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. So I was thinking last week as I was finishing up the other uh, episode 18, I was thinking about something that I said during that episode about constructing our own story. And that got me thinking about how, how do we construct our own story? And I have a few thoughts on this that I wanted to share with you. And I believe that constructing our own story, and I'm not talking about a uh, a fictionalized version of ourselves. I'm talking about the nonfiction version where everyone knows who we are and we're speaking the truth. And that speaking the truth is of paramount importance when it comes to constructing our own story simply because we need to begin by understanding who we are. And I mean like who, who we truly are and we need to look inside ourselves. And sometimes that's, that's going to be a very challenging thing to do. We need to see who exactly we are. Are we true to our story? Are we true to ourselves, our family and our friends? And I know there were often times when I was constructing my story that I was not, and still I'm not at times, honest with family and friends, although I am very honest with myself. And the distinction there is not small, nor is it inconsequential. By constructing your story you're building a better you by enabling the self-doubt and the shame and the vulnerability to be left behind and to be replaced with only positive affirmations and positive thoughts. And it, it, it can be quite as, as simple as those little posters that you see hanging around some doctor's offices or therapist's offices, the little kitten hanging on the, the rope and it says, hang in there. It can be that simple. Uh, it could be something a lot more meaningful, but it, it again, the, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be difficult and challenging in order for it to be beneficial to us. Constructing your story means looking at yourself in the harshest light possible, and whether you like what you see or not, saying I can be better. And it it took me to to look at myself inside the bottle. And realized that I was better than that, and I wanted to be better than that, and I needed to be better than that. And five years later, I am well on my way to being better. Recovery 
recovery from alcohol or any addiction is not a simple journey, nor is it a short one. It's a lifelong ambition and struggle. And when depression hits or imposter syndrome rears its ugly head, like it did uh, last week and the past couple of weeks, I want to drink. Uh, when something good happens, I want to drink. Uh, when the Eagles make it to the Super Bowl, I want to drink. When the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, I want to drink. Um, and, you know, when, when work sucks, or as I recently did when I quit my job because I wasn't happy there, I want to drink. And it's kind of funny how that that is something that I think about, and it's it's a lot of recency bias, but I quit smoking in 1997 uh, thanks to the woman I was dating who would be go on to become my first wife. But there are times that I still want a cigarette. And that's 25 years later that I, I still have an urge to smoke, even though I, I find it repugnant and disgusting. If I'm around someone who has been smoking and I can smell the cigarette smoke on them, I get, I get repulsed. But yet I still sometimes get that deep, urge that, man, I really would like to have a cigarette right now. Uh, and it's the same with alcohol. Any, you know, you think about how common alcohol is in our lives and then, you know, you can understand how the desire to have a drink, uh, is paramount in the good times that I have, but it's, it's much more prevalent in a desire to share the bad times that I've, uh, that I've had. And then I, you know, I, I go on to to second guess everything and every thought that I have. You know, was it the right thing to quit my job? Is my happiness that important? And the, the simple answer to that is yes. However, it's being without a paycheck, which is okay. I, I have a pension. Um, I do okay financially with or without working. The health insurance is important. I, I do need the health insurance, so I am starting to work someplace else. I will be starting pretty soon, but it's you know, it's just the the struggle of the unknown. I wasn't happy. I didn't feel fulfilled in this position, so I left. And is this other position going to be anything better? I don't. I don't know. When I get to second guessing everything and and every thought that I have. My next thought is that a bottle will help with that. And it's it's not simply a drink, it's the bottle. A handle of Tito's or a handle of Maker's Mark will make all those intrusive thoughts go away. And and they sure will. They will definitely help make those intrusive thoughts go away. But that's just not the uh that's not the path that I'm on any longer. So you you have to ask, like, how would that bottle help me or how would that drink help me and, and how would it help you? And the short answer is it won't. Whatever your addiction is, feeding that addiction in times of trouble, which is usually when we feed our addictions, is the antithesis of helping ourselves. But in order for me to construct my story, I needed to deconstruct myself and what I deemed important to me. I had money. I had my health, sort of. I, I am a cancer survivor, and I've had some other uh, medical ailments the, these past few years. But I, for the most part, I'm, I'm a healthy 51-year-old man. 
Uh, and I had a steady flow of alcohol numbing every nerve and feeling that I had. The easy part was to stop drinking and to take personal accountability of myself and who I was and what I wanted to be, the person that I wanted to be. The hard part has been staying sober throughout the numerous and seemingly insurmountable obstacles that I have encountered over the past five years. And that deconstruction for me started with sobriety and continues with my daily need and a daily want to maintain that sobriety. And it may be very general to, to just focus on, on my sobriety as the one point in my life that I need to be so aware of that so that nothing changes. But I think that I'm not trying to minimize it or generalize it. I'm, I'm, I'm simply trying to say that that's what I focus on. And what I focus on, having something to focus on such as that is important to me and it's necessary for me to be able to say, this is the light at the end of the tunnel. This is what I'm striving to attain. And as I say that, I think about walking along railroad tracks and you're in the tunnel and you see the end, but you never actually get to the end because this is a constant journey that I have decided to, to partake in. And it's, it's not going to come to an end. There is no I'm not sure how to word it. There is no success in its ending. The success comes in its being. The success comes in it, it being there all the time for me and something for me to focus on. If I attain the goal and I, I have maintained sobriety, but I don't think I've, I haven't perfected it, so to speak, because it, it's not something that's ever going to be finished. I'm not sure if, if I'm verbalizing that well enough to have it make sense um, outside of my own head. When we construct our story, and whether we're at the beginning of a new path or you've been on this path for a while, we need to constantly be true to ourselves. And I guess that's what I mean by being along this, this journey and seeing that light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm never going to actually be in that light because that would mean that I am, I'm no longer trying to attain this goal. And we can bullshit anyone else in the world that we encounter except for ourselves. And I think a lot of people that go to therapy or go to counseling, maybe even marriage counseling, they have a hard time being true to themselves because their significant other is in the room with them. And that's, that's uh, very hard to do. Uh, I've gone through couples counseling, I've gone through marriage counseling, and I can sit there and be the yes man and, and lie with the best of them. I have come to be quite a professional liar, but that's not being true to me and to myself. And I think that's the one, the one true fact about healing when we decide that we actually want to heal and we say yes I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. That's when we're actually true to ourselves. 
If we are less than truthful to ourselves, how can we expect to heal from our traumas? And that puts a really fine point on it for constructing our story. And what does this chapter of our story say about us if we cannot be truthful to even ourselves? And I guess perhaps we don't want to or simply cannot share the traumatic experiences we've encountered with others because it's too painful, and that's fine. You don't have to share your story with the world. However, you cannot be less than truthful to yourself about your past experiences and expect to heal from them. And that's one thing that I've, that's one thing that I have learned by being in therapy and sitting there and talking with Dana is that the only time I'm going to heal and truly feel better about what we talked about is when I'm 100% honest with her. And by being honest with her, I'm also being honest with myself. And there are a lot of things that I have shared with Dana that I would never, never share with my wife. And my wife and I just don't have that kind of a relationship. And that might seem counterintuitive to some who are, who are listening to this. It's just the, that's the relationship that we are in. That's, that's just the way that it is. Um, and there's a myriad of reasons for that, that I I'm not going to get into, but my wife has proven to me to not be someone I can confide in, in, in certain instances and say certain things. So Dana became that person that I confided in and thereby I was able to confide in myself and I'm all the better for it. By sharing my traumas and you sharing your traumas in the beginning of your wellness journey, even if you only share to the mirror or in a journal, getting your story out there is beneficial to you and you are the only character in your story that actually matters. And that took me a while to actually understand and, and truly believe was that I... I am the number one character in my story and I'm the only character that matters at the same time. I can't try to make other people happy while doing things that made myself unhappy. So when I, when I started to focus on myself and I chose to become a happier person, I needed to accept a lot of things that were wrong a lot of things that were uncomfortable and I needed to accept to either I either had to accept them as they were or discard them like they were trash. And there was a lot of things and and those things included people that I just discarded because they were not persons in my life that brought me happiness. They weren't doing anything for me other than using me as a crutch. Um, and I realized that and I ended a few friendships because of it. Constructing your story has to begin honestly about who you are, where you are in your mental health journey and why, if you're at the beginning, you want to start this journey. Going to therapy is a huge step on this path. However, without the honesty, you're literally just wasting your money. If you're just going to, if your wife or your husband or whoever your significant other is says, you need to go to therapy or we're through, and you're going to therapy and just sitting there going, yep, yep, I drink, yep, I do drugs, yep, I cheat, yep, I gamble, and not actually being honest with yourself 
And when the therapist says, why are you here? Say, I don't know. My wife told me to be here. Don't even bother to go. Don't waste the hundred and something dollars an hour that it's going to be. So if, if you're seriously thinking about going to therapy, you need to take a good look in the mirror and figure out why you want to go or you're just going to be wasting your money. Honesty along this path is of paramount importance so you can heal, focus, learn, and be better after each step. When we're the main character in our own story and we finally decide to focus on ourselves, only then can we actually begin to heal. So we all have responsibilities in our lives, and I'm not saying don't focus on your wife or your husband or your children if you have them. I'm simply saying that in order for us to heal, we need to focus on us and on our minds and how our journey makes our story and how our story defines our journey. Those those two words, story and journey, are going to be synonymous with one another if you're honest with yourself and you truly want to heal and be better. So it all, it all starts with honesty with ourselves and with whoever you choose to share that story. And again, you don't need to share your story with anyone if you don't feel comfortable sharing it. Uh, I know some of the tenets of AA and NA are sharing your story, and that's fine. Once you get comfortable in that group of sharing, that's great. And I... I have gone to uh, group therapies and I have shared things in group therapy that I haven't shared with family or friends. So it's just a matter of what your comfort level is. But again, if you're just going to not even go to therapy and you just want to start journaling and that's where you're going to share your story or if you have some time alone in the house and you just want to stand in front of the mirror and say, this is what hurts me and this is what bothers me, then then you're doing something to help yourself. You're not ignoring the problem and you're giving voice to the issues that are confronting you. You know, you still, I guess you still do need to be guarded by, by whom you let in. And I mean, we all know people that use what we say as a whetstone to sharpen their knives. And those are definitely not the people that we want to be sharing with. So, you know, just, just be very careful about that. The construction of our story has to have a foundation based on honesty. And I will say that honesty need not to extend to everyone, as we just talked about. We can still keep secrets to protect the innocent, so to speak, and we need to be honest with ourselves for our story to continue. And along with the honesty comes being authentic. And when you're truly honest with yourself and you decide to do something different and talk about it to a therapist, to a counselor, to a priest, whatever, some people go to their priest and they talk about these things. I, for one, am not a religious person at all, but I I understand a lot of people find solace in the church. Uh, but if that's who you want to talk to and it's taken you a long time to do so and you finally break down and go and talk to somebody, you're finally being authentic with yourself and that is great. The greatest thing that you can do is to be authentic to you. You don't have to worry about being authentic to everyone all at the same time. Um, you don't have to ever worry about being authentic to anybody else other than you if that's, if that's what you want to do. But that is the, the most genuine feeling of pride that you will feel 
is when you were finally decided to be authentic to you, to the person inside of you, to the person that you know you truly can be. Whether that's through sobriety or it's just through no longer going to strip clubs or it's no longer gambling or gambling less so that you're not betting the rent money. You know, that's that authenticity is going to feel really good. And in the long run, to me, that's the only high that I need is to is that authentic feeling of of how I am and and who I am. So another fairly short, short episode this week. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the support. I appreciate every one of you. Uh, Be well and we'll talk soon. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. Please rate, subscribe, and review, as your comments can only serve to improve this podcast. If you or someone you know are struggling with thoughts of suicide, please call or text the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 988. Veterans can also call 988 and press 1 or text 838-255. You can reach me on Twitter at PTSD, on Instagram at PTSD, or email me at Podcast at gmail.com. And please remember, everyone you meet is struggling with something you know nothing about. So please, let's be kind to one another.